Hello, happiness seekers. Welcome to End Happiness, a show where we test drive and explore the best happiness hacks from leading experts around the globe. My name is Claudia Mitura. I'm your host. I'm a work psychologist. And today I'm diving into the topic of poetry and happiness. For our wedding, from my parents-in-law, we have received a publication called 10 Poems About Happiness, curated by Deborah Alma, who is a poet and poetry tutor. And not only that, Deborah is also known as the emergency poet, offering the world's first mobile poetry first aid service. I was so inspired by this publication. The poems are absolutely beautiful, but also I was really intrigued to find out more about emergency poet. And since Deborah is prescribing poetry for those in need and reminding them about being happy, I have invited her to discuss with me what is so special about poetry, how it can boost our happiness and well-being, and poetry on prescription. Who knew? Is this an alternative therapy for our emotional struggles? Let's find out. And remember, don't be a stranger, drop me a line and stay in touch. You can sign up to my podletter on www.andhappiness.co.uk. Deb, welcome to And Happiness. I am so excited that we are meeting to talk about poetry and happiness. It's a great pleasure to be here, Claudia. Thank you so much for having me. Let's start with a question to you, but I'm very intrigued. What is so special about poetry and your connection with it? Oh my goodness, that's such a huge question. I am a poet. I guess that's where it came from in the first place. I was doing an MA in creative writing and at the time I was working in care homes with people with dementia using poetry to assist communication. And in that process, I learnt... Um, about how poetry can significantly change somebody's mood or take them somewhere completely new and can have quite a profound impact. I think if you if you read fiction, it can do that, but it's much longer. You have to a greater investment. Of course, that wouldn't work with people with dementia. I also did some work with some vulnerable women's groups using poetry to help to talk about the things that they've been through and to kind of come to some resolution. So I I learned that actually it can be quite a profound tool for lots of things, for changing behaviour, for changing your mood, for understanding the self, you know, whether reading or writing it. And then I ended up doing the, the slightly crazy project called Emergency Poets. I can already see that from your background and your experiences, you're really seeing a very clear impact of the poetry. But I will be honest, I love poetry. I have my favourite poets, especially when it comes to Polish poets. I was writing some poetry when I was a teenager. I expressed some of the emotions, go through some more difficult issues. But I guess now as an adult, I'll be honest, if I would be having a low mood or my well-being would be impacted, I wouldn't necessarily think, oh, let me read some poetry. So that's really interesting, the fact that you are running this idea of emergency poetry, poetry pharmacy. So almost like 
you know, if you're in a crisis, here is some poetry to help you. Tell us more how that works, because that's absolutely fascinating for me. Lots of people are open to poetry, but quite what happens quite often is that people are put off poetry at school and they get out of the habit of reading it. So it's not something they automatically turn to. Although you think about the extreme moments in in all of our lives, whether it's a funeral or a wedding, either happy or sad moments, Quite often we want to say words that are full of meaning, don't we? So however it comes, whether it's a poem in those moments or from a wise friend, it's words with meaning that help you make sense of things. And poetry, I guess, does that better than any other art, I would say. What I was doing with the Emergency Poet and the poetry pharmacy is doing it's a, a light-hearted seeming approach of poetry on prescription where people would come in either into the back of a vintage ambulance or into the poetry pharmacy now and we have a velvet chaise long and it's a kind of pastiche of a therapy session it's not a it's not therapy it may have therapeutic value but it's very light and I ask questions about how people relax their reading habits, what, what, how well they look after themselves. And then in response to those questions, I will prescribe a poem that will answer maybe the gaps in their lives, that they've forgotten to go for a walk, they've forgotten that, how to relax, they've forgotten to have moments of stillness or reflection, and that I can give them a poem that will be their own poem that will remind them about those things. I love the idea that you are asking certain questions, listening to people's responses, and then prescribing a relevant poem for them to take away and be that positive reminder. Would you mind sharing with our listeners what kind of questions they could ask themselves to kind of refer to the poem to give them that positive boost of emotions? Their questions are designed to be both enjoyable to answer and to take the the person who's who's lying on the couch to a, a positive part of themselves. The first question that I usually ask is when was the last time you stood either by the sea or in a wild or beautiful place and felt properly reflective or or have a sense of a, an exhaled breath. So When I ask that question, people go automatically to the last time in their head. They take themselves off in their imaginations to the last time they felt that state. And something I can watch their body, they relax. It's almost like they've had a little moment of being there. But then I ask them to describe that place, what it is they love about it. Who were they with? Were they on their own? How long ago was it? So I'm learning about how well they look after themselves in a particular place. There's a a phrase I use, and I don't know if I made it up or I haven't come across it anywhere else, but called the sacrament of the mundane. And by that, I mean the small everyday practices that, that we all have where we have a kind of absence of thought or a rested state, whether it's a cup of tea in the garden or watching the birds. And if they enthusiastically say yes, and I can see that they have access to that in their lives. But very many people say, oh, I don't. I'm, you know, I'm always thinking, I'm always busy, I'm always on to the next thing. So I'm learning about how well they look after themselves 
in in that way. And quite often I find later on in the consultation that the people who don't have those moments tend to be the people that have problems with stress or anxiety or exhaustion. Poetry, amazing for reminding you about happiness, amazing for celebrating the ordinary moments, helping us potentially to express some negative, more challenging emotions, which sometimes is very difficult to talk about that. As you said, let's say I'm new to poetry. I might have been put off at school by quite difficult, challenging poetry. To be honest, that's why I probably more poetry in Polish in my own language than in English, because if it's very complex in terms of English... I just cannot grasp it. But if I want to start reading poetry, how I could start to then harvest that positive boost of emotions? It's very individual. I think you have to get the right book. It's like any other art. You're not going to like a lot of it. So I guess if there's any skill involved, it's to try to find the right book for the right person as well as the right poem for the right person. Poetry doesn't have to be difficult to be subtle or intelligent or have complicated ideas and yet be accessible so it's not a dumbing down it's not that you're stupid is it and I think sometimes poetry that's obscure can have that effect on you it depends what you're reading for so I would try and find if if you're looking for an anthology that's around being more peaceful in your life there are anthologies that might do that and also I would I would recommend about where to leave it in your house you should never I think sit with a poetry anthology or a poetry collection and expect to read it like you'd read a novel you're not going to read it one after the other not often you have to sit with one poem and that's enough so leave it in the house in the kitchen by the armchair where you sit with a cup of tea by the bath those kind of small moments and just read one. Oh yeah absolutely take a couple of breaths and then read a poem wonder about something think about the beauty of the world or the ordinary moments in that really simple five minutes breaks rather than as you said here it is I am here and I have one hour to read all the poetry of the world Absolutely right, yeah, yeah. That was beautifully put. Deb, you mentioned that you are also a poet. Would you mind sharing one of your poets with the listeners? Oh, oh, okay. Well, actually, I think the, the book that we that we met over, somebody gave you, I was asked to put together a book called Ten Poems of Happiness, I was asked to include a poem of my own in that one. So I guess it's really appropriate because I didn't expect you to say that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Deb, I'm sorry I'm taking you by surprise, but share one of your poems. Yeah, please. because that's the only book I have here with me of, of my own. So, And there is a poem by me in it. So it's very appropriate, I guess. And I don't really believe in introducing poems normally, but I guess I included it in this book because it's a small moment And it's a moment where I didn't realise that I was writing about happiness because it's not about happiness. I didn't know that. But anyway, it's called Silence. We stopped the car on the mountain pass, too high for birds and out of the wind, crossed the road, still looked both ways, although we hadn't seen another car for 10 miles. 
And still your old habit of taking my hand to cross and I slipped off my glove to feel the warmth. My shoes tapped, tapped across the tarmac and you kicked a loose stone which dull clattered to a halt. And there it was, something beautiful, something I had been chasing all my life, had driven very far to find without even knowing it. Oh, this is wonderful. The most I love in that poem, because I read it before, <laughs> is you taking the glove to hear someone warmth of their hand. I, I love that. That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much, though, for sharing. You're welcome. It's about the happiness of, I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? But I thought I was writing about how much I loved silence. But I was writing about contentment, wasn't I? You know, so and yes, love, and, yeah. and that joy and love and connection. So there are yes. so many wonderful emotions in that poem. Outside of your own poetry, what's your favorite poem and why? That question is utterly impossible to answer. But I, I can find poems I love really easily, and the, there are two that have sprung to mind. But the one that I think I would like to share is a poem by Esther Morgan called Grace. I haven't got the poem here, but it's about a small moment. A woman is alone in her own house and she's taking a moment to sit very still and quiet and notices the small and the beautiful details in her own space. Um, I think the poem ends with something. It says, "It, it may be simple, this waiting without hunger in the near dark for what you are about to receive. Simple, though not easy. The last line is uh, that you have everything to look forward to. So it's about stillness and hope in one really sort of simple poem. Okay, brilliant. We'll be definitely linking to that poem. Thank you so much, Deb. And I would say, actually, my favorite is by Polish poet Ava Szymborska. And uh, it's Nothing Happens Twice. And again, it's this celebration that actually, even though it seems like our life is full of repetition, nothing really happens twice in that specific form. And actually, we always are very much a fools and naive in the school of life. So yeah, that's, that's my favorite for listeners if they want to check out that poem. The final question, this is a podcast about happiness. So what makes you happy? Well, you know, I've been asking people that question for over and over again, haven't I? You and I are both interested in other people's happiness because sometimes it's hard to find ourselves. I like balance. So I like living in a town where at the front of the town I'm talking to people connections intimate connections with people and then at the back of my house there are fields and the countryside and stillness Uh, cups of tea chocolate my children love you know it's a long list (laughs) thank you so much I just love the idea of prescribing people a poem so that they can really benefit from those positive outcomes of the poetry on their well-being so thank you so much Deb that has been absolutely amazing to talk to you It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. What a lovely thing to do. Thank you. Thank you. 
Oh, thank you so much, Deb, for sharing so many gra practical tips and also sharing her poetry. I mean, that was amazing. So we know from research on creativity that our brain utilizes innovation and art, especially during challenging moments in three specific ways. I want to encourage you to use poetry in those three specific ways. So first of all, Use poetry as a distraction tool, that is, something that can help you to decrease your stress level. So, for instance, read poetry as a break during your hectic schedule, or maybe read poetry to relax your body before sleep. Second tool, use a poetry as a contemplation tool, that is, allow yourself to process difficult emotions and make space to self-reflect. So for instance, you could find poems that specifically look at the current struggles or challenges that you are having, think whether that helps you to express your feelings and explain to others how you're feeling. And thirdly, Use poetry as a self-development tool. So this means really helping you to grow and learn about certain topics. So for instance, think about what poems you could reach out for that could remind you about happiness, joy and contempt. Thank you so much for listening. I see you at the next episode of Letter Q. Quite tricky letter to cover. What do you think our topic will be? In meantime, read more poetry and I dare you to be happy. Bye!